Hey ladies, welcome to Save the Girls Podcast. We're your host Jocelyn Huff and Michaela Johnson. And today's episode is about God's approval over men's approval. Heck yeah, sisters, let's get in. <laughs> <laughs> Joss were just talking about how like young girls and I struggle with this a lot we thrive off of people's approval and Mm -hmm. I recently yesterday or this week I was like sad about something and um it wasn't I was like not getting the attention from people that I wanted and it, it didn't come to me this morning like the revelation didn't come to me that like God's like sitting here waiting for me to be like I'm right here like let me be what you need me to be. Like, he's the only one, and I try to remind myself this, he's the only one that knows what we need. Like, he's the only one that knows what we want and the only one that knows what we need. Like, nobody else knows that besides God. So we try to find this approval in other things, men especially, girls, young girls try to find it in men because they're like, oh, like, that's what we're seeing on social media. Like, girls are getting these things from guys, but it's like, we can go to God for that. Mm -hmm. And... I still struggle with this a lot, and I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to be like, if somebody doesn't text me back, who cares? Yeah. Like, God is literally sitting there waiting for us to come to him. Like, he's always going to reply to us. Like, he's always waiting for us. And it's just like, we can go to him for the approval that we think we need from these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to remember that sometimes, especially when you know, you're alone and you're not with your friends, you're not having anything to really distract you, and then you just kind of think of like, well, I want to text this person or Mm -hmm. I want to go and do this with this person. And you don't have to do that. Like, instead of actually acting on hitting people up to hang out or trying to fill the void that you're feeling, ask yourself why you're feeling that. Yeah. Because there's a root to all of it. Exactly. Like, some of us didn't have the relationships we wanted with our dads, and that's why we feel that way. Or some of us have been in abusive relationships, and that's why we feel this way. And we never healed from that, and that's why we feel this way. So it's like we need to get down to the root of the insecurity yep. before we like just ignore it and try to distract ourselves because yep. we're never going to fix it that way. I completely agree with that. And I think I brought this up in the last podcast, but I was listening to this sermon and it was about singleness and the pastor was like, I, I sound cliche, but go get a counselor. He was like, go get a counselor so you don't go into this relationship expecting this guy to fix your problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's like not fair to somebody to be like, okay, I have this, this, and this wrong with me. Please help me fix it. Like, yeah. that's not fi- Like, I don't know. And it's like, you're never going to be perfect when you get in a relationship. Like, literally, you're never going to be perfect. There's always things you can work on and work towards. But it's like, I don't want to go into a relationship knowing I still have unhealed wounds from, like, the past that I know about and be like, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to meet my Prince Charming. Like, even though I think I'm ready, like, God's like, slow down, sister. Like, we're going to get there when we want to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and I was listening to Sadie's podcast one day, and I think I had shared this before, too, but she was talking with this one person, and they were saying, you getting into a relationship with the expectations of that person being able to fill your voids is completely unfair to them like you just said like it's totally unfair to them because they will never be able to give you what you need god's the only one that can give us what we need and the only one that can heal the things that we need to be healed so exactly us putting those expectations on others is totally like unfair to them that's just like when people do that to us too because i think it can go both ways like a lot of times we get into relationships with guys and they do the same things to us they're feeling 
you know, depressed or they have things that they never dealt with because it happens a lot more in men where they ignore their emotions yep. and they ignore their trauma because they think they're supposed to be manly. Yep. So then they get into these relationships thinking that these women are supposed to just, like, fix them and help them and do everything for them. Yep. And that's not fair to us either. Right. So you need to find that balance between knowing that you're not going to be perfect, but also finding somebody who knows they're not perfect too, but you're willing to work together and work with God. Exactly. To help you have a healthy relationship. Yeah, I'm actually reading this book right now. It's called Daring Greatly, and I brought this up in a couple episodes, and I'm reading the chapter right now about shame, and a big part of shame is vulnerability, like being vulnerable about the shame so you can get through it. And men, I'm about to start probably today about the chapter about how men deal with shame. Mm. And men are very bad with dealing with shame. I'm learning in this book because men are, like you said, like they're taught like, okay, you got to be tough. Like we're not supposed to show our vulnerable side. We're not, when like shame comes, like you're just supposed to throw it under the table and all these things. And I'm like, whoa, like, I don't know. I hear two guys like be like, oh, I don't really talk about my problems. Like I'm like, why though? Like, yeah. And it's because they're taught that you're not supposed to do that. They're not shown how to talk about their problems. And it's just like, but if you don't talk about those things, those things harbor in you and you're never going to be able to get through it. Yeah. And not to put Zay on blast, because I feel like sometimes yeah. I like put mine and Zay's conversations <laughs> out there, but he doesn't mind or anything. But he, when we first started dating, he would always tell me like, I've never really opened up about my childhood. I've never opened up about things. And it's very hard for me to talk about. And I would tell him, I'm like, it's so important for you to be able to talk about those things and like even cry. Because if you don't cry for a long time, you know how sometimes you get in those moods where you're like, dude, I just need a good cry. Right. I just need to release these emotions. Like I just need to cry. Right. And then when you're done, you feel so much better. It's because you finally were able to like release that emotion that's been like built up. And I told him, I'm like, it's so important for you to be able to cry for you to be able to be vulnerable like Mm -hmm. you need to release these emotions because you're never going to heal if you don't get it out exactly sometimes when I'm sad I'm sorry guys but sometimes when I'm (laughs) sad I just like want to just cry and I'll like turn on sad movies because I just like need to cry and yeah. I know that sounds crazy but like no, sometimes I it used needs to, to do happen that all the time I don't really do it anymore but I used to do that literally all the freaking time and you're like uh I'm like there's something wrong <laughs> like I should not Same. want to cry yeah and my therapist the first week that I was in there I kept telling her I'm like there's something wrong with me like the first couple weeks of going she's like stop saying there's something wrong with you right like I can't help it yeah but back to the approval part like we thrive I we I thrive off of men's approval mm. I thrive off of it like when somebody's like oh you have such a beautiful smile like Thanks, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have braces. Like, my parents paid a lot of money for the smile. But it's like, thank you. Like, yeah. I appreciate that. And that's, like, all it needs to be. Like, I appreciate that. Like, you're sweet. And that's all mm-hmm. that has to be. It doesn't have to be like, oh, my God, he told me I have a beautiful smile. And I'm trying to get over this because of a, I need to be able to look at myself and be like, I have a beautiful smile. Like, I see that. And I yeah. agree with you. Like, and God looks at us like we're masterpieces. And I was just, we just played, I played the song for, um, Joss before this. It's called Canvases and Clays. I feel like I'm screaming, guys. I'm sorry. I'm getting really <laughs> Dude, excited. it's always so funny because when I look, sometimes I'm like, whoa, we are really talking loud. Yeah, that's where I'm like, oh, I need to calm down a little <laughs> that's bit. That's okay. Here, I can actually move this back just a little. But, um, it says in it, like, um, you're an artist and a pot potter I'm the canvas and the clay and that's a lot right says right right says says <laughs> a lot right there like it says so much like yeah. we are what God wants us to be like he made us unique for a reason 
So when we thrive off of people's approval, like, why are we doing that? Like, God made us unique for a reason. And I'm happy you brought this up because that was another point that I really wanted to make is that I've always struggled with knowing that God loves me. And I think a lot of people do because the actual idea of God thinking that we're amazing is so hard to believe because we know all the bad things we've done. We know that we're sinners. We know that we, you know, are imperfect. Yeah. And not that God doesn't know that. He knows that. (laughs) But he still loves us. Right. And um, it's crazy because, like I said, I've always struggled with that. So then at church, like, ladies prayed for me and I was, like, having a really hard time at church for whatever reason. Like, I was just being really attacked. And so they were praying for me and after that, like, I felt so much, like, lighter. Like, I felt so much better. And so then I was, and this is totally random, but one of my managers at work had connected me with this Christian financial advisor because I've been trying to, you know, just be smarter with my money, know where to put it, be a better steward of my money, like be taught how to steward it better. Right. And so I was talking to him. He called me Wednesday night and he ended up talking to me for an hour and a half on the phone and he was just like the sweetest guy. And he goes, do you have a problem believing that God loves you? And it was so random. And he goes, do you have a problem believing that God loves you. And I was like, yeah, I kind of do actually. Like, and he was like, okay, before I could ever tell you like how to invest your money, how much to invest your money, like what to do with it. He was like, you need to realize that God loves you first. And he was like relating it back to finances. But he was saying like, if we don't truly believe that God loves us, we're going to do things with money that we normally wouldn't. So he's like, you're going to want to buy fancy cars and fancy houses to try to prove that you are something because you don't feel loved. And he was like, you're going to irrationally spend it basically to show off because you don't believe that you're loved. So you're trying to almost like prove yourself, prove that you're a good person, prove that you're this and that with your money. And he was like, once you fix your eyes on God and Jesus and realize how much they love you and like, He will give you the more desires of his heart and less of yours. So you're going to have more desires to give your money, to do good things with your money. Wow. Rather than do more selfish things with your money and more materialistic things with your money because your desires will fade away the more you fix your eyes on God. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that just totally shifted my perspective on finances. Yeah. But not only with finances, it's with everything. Right. Like accepting God's love is so much more than what we think it is. Like it's not for our benefit. it's for the benefit of the world if we truly believe we're loved because we're just going to be better citizens. We're going to treat people better. We're going to treat the people we love better. We're going to do better things with our money. It's just crazy. But it essentially, believing that God loves you takes away any feeling of you needing anything extra yep. because you understand that it's just you and him and yep. you have everything you need. He will provide for you if you truly just give your life to him. Uh-huh. And, um... Sorry, I keep talking. No, dude, no. (laughs) I think it's so important for us to grasp that because otherwise we do things like we end up in these bad relationships and we don't fully understand what that means. I didn't fully understand what it meant until like I literally am like, what does it mean to really follow God? What does it mean to really follow Jesus? And how can I actually reflect that? Because for a long time, like I'll admit it, I was a lukewarm Christian. And I think we all kind of start out that way because we're trying to transition into, you know, reading our Bible and like following what the Bible says and stuff. But for a long time, I was a lukewarm Christian until I actually like was like, you know what, I'm going to choose to like 
accept God's love. And that's something that he said, too. We need to learn to accept his love. Yeah. Like, because it is essentially our choice. God's love is there. We just have to be the ones to actually, like, accept it into our hearts. And so, yeah, dude. But it was, like, crazy how a financial advisor... Could just, like, tell you. Yeah. And then he, like, prayed for me. And I was, like... He was, like... I'm going to check in with you in a couple of weeks, but he was like, I want you to really get this part down before you think about the next step. So how did he say that you should do that? Budget first, but he said also practicing gratitude. And this sounds so random. What does that mean? Like practicing being thankful for like what God's blessed you with. So like being grateful for the things that he's blessed you with. Don't focus on the things that you don't have. Don't focus on what other people have versus what you do. Just be grateful for what God has actually done for you. Okay, okay. And then he was like, you know, budget and do all the normal things. But um, yeah, he was like, just like really. And then he gave me a devotional website too, which I can pull up. But um, so he said to read the devotional every day and he read me one of the devotionals and stuff. He was just like the sweetest guy and he's like 65 Aww. and you can just tell he did, like he started his own company doing this. So you That's can just cool. tell he does it now because he genuinely wants to help people. It's not really for money, much extra gain. Like he already has what he needs right. and that's how you feel talking to him. Oh, dude. So amazing. I, um, as you were saying that, it made me realize, and I think this was God, like, 100%. He's, like, you say you want to help people, but I think, like, the real thing, why I keep saying I want to help young girls, like, learn, because a little backstory, me and Joss really, like, have talked about this a lot, like, one of my big desires is teaching young, young females, like, people who are, like, from, like, fifth grade on, even, like, younger than that, like, that they don't have to find approval in, like, the world. They can find it in God and, mm-hmm. like, themselves. They can, like, be confident in themselves. Like, your outside appearance isn't what truly matters. It's, like, what's in your heart and, like, what you can give. And I'm starting to learn that towards myself. And I almost heard God say that, like, you want to do that, like, you want to learn this for you, too. Like, it's not just for these girls to help these girls, yes, but you need to learn it for yourself first. Yeah, and that's something that I've constantly been, feel like God's been teaching me, too. Like, you can't preach what you haven't done. So, like, and that's, like, a thing in the Bible, too, like, the hypocrites. Like, they're trying to teach things that they do, or they're trying to blame other people. Right. For things that they do when they do the same things. Right. So, it's, like, we do, as people who want to teach, we do have to, like, learn and practice these things on our own too right and that's why I think being so transparent on the podcast is so important too because we're in the process exactly like I think even showing the process of getting there will help people because it's like look you don't have to be perfect to be Christian you don't have to be perfect to love God yeah you there's a process with everything yep and it's discipline Mm -hmm. over anything yeah I like really sometimes people ask me too because I'm not having sex till marriage and Mm -hmm. I a lot of people know this and I have like a ring for it and everything so when people ask me I'm like oh that's my promise to God and I was watching a sermon and a couple times people have asked me like why I'm doing that like why are you waiting till marriage to have sex and there's like a couple of reasons why but like I was watching a sermon, and it's the Heaven Sermon guy, because I always <laughs> bring him up. But I literally, um, his name's Chris Hilkin, and he was like, by not having sex, you're, like, honoring God. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, dang, like, I'm missing, like, it, the world's point of view, like, dang, I'm missing out. But my point of view, I'm like, I'm worshiping the Lord by not yeah. doing this. Like, this is one thing that I'm showing God that I can commit to. Like, it's, like, showing him that he can trust me in this yeah. sense. So, I'm like, dang, like... And I think that's a super important topic to talk about, too, because I don't think that a lot of Christians are... They might talk about it, but they're not very open about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like, dude, it's hard. Because yeah. 
even with me and Zay, like, we met before we were saved. So, like, the process of then becoming abstinent after you've already met and, like, been sinful together is even harder than when you meet somebody after you've made that commitment. Exactly. So, like, maybe if you guys would be interested, we could do a whole episode just on that specifically and how, like, we actually got to the point of, like, committing to it. Yeah. Um, And then you could talk about, you know, you committing to it before you're even in a relationship yeah. and being single. I, because I, I think that like that's that. a super important topic for girls yep. to hear. And we've talked about this in the past, but a lot of times, like, I bring up this every time somebody talks to me. They're like, I'm like, have you ever heard about soul ties? No, and then yeah. they'll, like, be like, no. I'm like, all right, let me preach real quick mm-hmm. because this is something I, like, have, like, learned a lot about. But it's, like, not in a way where I, like, want to make anyone feel bad. I'm just, like, telling people from my experience, like, what I learned about soul ties. And I'm like, Why don't you share a little bit about it now? Because I think that it could actually be really important. Yeah, so basically, I was in a three-year relationship. Like, I've had sex before marriage. Like, I'm not ashamed of saying that at all. And um, I, every night before me and the guy broke up, I would pray. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, God, if this is not for me, I'm like, take him out of my life. And what God does, I've learned, is he makes people, like, treat me badly. I know it sounds bad. I don't want anyone to be like, God lets people treat No, like, literally, because he knows that's how I work. Like, I will not leave because I'm too, like, I'm too loyal to people, I guess you would say. Like, I don't want somebody to feel like I'm, like, abandoning them. So I'm like, oh, no, like, I have to be there for them when you don't. But, so he, like, basically makes them do stuff to me. So I'm like, all right, peace. Like, I can't deal with this anymore. So that's basically what happened. Something happened. And then we, um, I was at, like, a party. This was when I was wild. I was at a party and then he, like, yelled at me about something. I'm being very transparent on here. But, like, he, like, screamed at me on the phone. And I was like, all right, peace out, brother. Like, I'm not getting treated like this. And I would let people walk all over me. So, for me to stand up for myself like that, it's like, dang. And me and the, my ex are, like, okay now. Like, no hate towards him at all. I respect him completely. But, so then I, um, I broke up with him. And I did not have sex. Like, I haven't had sex since we broke up. But I was hanging out with this guy, and I ended up really liking this guy. And Jocelyn actually sent me this um, sermon, and it's called Lay with Fire. By Michael and Todd. By Michael Todd. And I was like, bro, what the frick is this? And I started listening to it, and that weekend I was hanging out with a guy, and I was like, well, I'm not listening to this. Yeah. And I turned it off, and I was like, I am not listening to this. This was before <laughs> Kay was going to church. Yeah. Well, she was going to church, but, like, Christian church, yeah. and before she got, like, baptized Saved, yeah. This was before I moved to California. I so. was trying to get Kayla <laughs> to come to church with me for so long, because we started training together. I was like, Kayla, please come to my church. She's like, oh, maybe next week. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I was going to church, but I was, like, not good. Like, I would go teach Sunday school, like, hungover. Like, it was so bad. I'm like, these poor kids, like, they do not deserve this. They don't, they didn't know, but it's still the fact I was like, I do not feel good. Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't be here. And so then I, um, as soon as that, I heard that sermon in the beginning of it, I was like, oh, yep, turning this one off. And so then I didn't listen to it again. Like, something, I started going to church in California, and something just said to me, it was about forgiveness was the first sermon, and I was like, dang, I have some people I need to forgive. And then the second, the following weeks were about sex, and I was like, I've never heard sex talked about in church. No. Like, it's not talked about in church. Like, and especially in people our age, like, you need to hear that. Like, that is something, like, you need to hear about in church, because if you don't, like, you're... I didn't know what soul ties were. I didn't even know soul ties were a thing. Yeah. And so I didn't really know what soul ties were until I watched the Michael Todd one. But in church, Chris Hilkin was like, 
you need to realize that we need to use sex in the right thing. When sex is used in the right way, when it's used in a marriage, how Jesus wants us to have it used, like, it is so beautiful. It's, like, the best thing. And there was, like, there's studies on sex from Christians and from people that are non-Christian. People who are Christian and married that are having sex and using it in the right form have the best sex in the world. Yeah, and they always have the stigma of, like, Christians have probably, like, yeah, really, boring like, holy yeah. sex. Like, it's probably so disgusting. Yeah, and it's just, like, no. Like, they, Chris Hilkin was, like, literally was, like, there's studies. Like, this and that, and his wife, I follow her. She's a big, like, advocate, I think, for young women. Mm-hmm. And she posts, she was, like, I want to have sex more than my husband does. And it's just, like, little things like that. And I'm, like, holy crap. Like, you wouldn't think Christians would, sorry for yeah. saying crap. But you wouldn't think, like, <laughs> Christians would talk about this. Like, what the heck? Right. And then I was, like, I need to watch Michael Todd's sermon, Lay With Fire, that you sent me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And in that sermon, how he explains it, and this is the best way for how I explain soul ties to people who, like, don't understand it, because this is what really comes my attention it's like when you stick two pieces of paper together with glue mm-hmm. and rip it apart yeah there is always some of the other paper both pieces of paper have the other pieces of paper connected to it so that's what happens when we have sex with somebody you connect blood vessels are broken you have that intimate time with somebody and then literally your body is like your soul is taken away from you and so every single person you have sex with your soul is kind of taken away. And I've only had sex with one person, but I was like, dang. Like, he took parts of me every single time we had sex. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's fine. Like, it's in my past, and I'm moving past it. But I'm like, I don't want to keep having sex with somebody for the chance of my soul to keep getting ripped away. Like, I'm not even full of myself. And that's, and I think there there's still chances, if you've never had sex before, there's still chances that there's parts of your soul ripped away because of childhood traumas, everything. Yeah. Like, there's always things. But I was like, I don't want to risk, like, say that I have sex with somebody again. Like, because somebody said to me once, they were like, I just don't understand your rules. Like, like, why not do it? And at first, I was, like, questioning myself. I'm like, why not? Like, who cares? Do it one time. And I'm like, but what if I don't get married to this guy? Yeah. Then, and I want to interject, too, yeah. just because you can heal from it. Yeah, like, 100%. It's not you can, like yeah. it's going to be, like, a forever thing. Like, yes, you can heal from it, but it just takes a lot of time. Because yeah. one of the things that stood out to me, and I'm pretty sure Michael Todd said this. I haven't watched that sermon in a really long time. But do you ever wonder why you still think about people that you've, like, had sex with? Or, like, yes, I do, do you ever think about them and, like, get a weird feeling in your stomach? Or you're like, maybe I should just check up on them. Why do you think you still do that? years later yep that is true soul ties like yeah you wouldn't have felt that heartbroken or that attached to them if you didn't have sex with them that is true. and you wouldn't think about them as much as you do if you didn't have sex with them or if they hit you up years later you wouldn't feel as much of an obligation yep. to talk to them because you don't have that same attachment to them yep. but once you have sex you have that attachment to them yep and you know, obviously, I've had sex before marriage, too, with multiple people. So, like, for me, that was a really hard thing to, like, grasp because I'm like, dude, like, there's no coming back from that. Like, I had a lot of shame around yeah. that. And now I'm open to being more transparent about it. But for a long time, that's one of the things that the devil kept me very, like, shameful about. And yeah. I felt like God could never love me because of that. Yeah. But talking about it and like actually admitting like yes this was a mistake I shouldn't have did that but I also was never taught so yeah in a right. sense it is my fault but it's also not my fault yep. because in Catholic church you're taught oh it's just a sin just don't do it yeah well, exactly. what the heck does that mean because why, I'm why sure not? everybody in this church has had sex before exactly. marriage exactly. because we were never actually taught 
why you don't. Exactly. And in Catholic Church, I honestly don't even believe that a lot of them know why. I yeah. think, because, well, my experience, I can't say for everybody, but for me, my church specifically did not, like, actually teach the Bible. They just read it. Well, you're not going to know what the heck any yeah. of that stuff means if you don't get it taught. The one thing that really, like, stood out to me is when you were in baptism, like, when you were going to get baptized, and they were literally like, you can't ask questions because you're just not supposed to question God's word. Yeah, but I, how would you learn? Bro, <laughs> I, I, bro, I literally asked her a question, and I was like, well, I don't remember exactly what part it was, but I asked her something about God and about, like, the Bible, and she was like, you're really not supposed to question God, God's word. It just is what it is. And I'm like... Okay, but how do I learn? <laughs> like, what am I... I'm like, uh, okay, so right there tells me that I'm never going to get close to God because yeah. I'm never going to understand. But you're not supposed to be close to God in the in Catholic Church. Yeah, and that is... That's true. That might be why as well because I don't think that they're taught the same way that we're taught. But until I actually, like, got into Christian church and started getting things explained to me, I was like, wow, like, you get hungry and you want to know more and more. Exactly. And eventually I came across that and I'm like, it makes so much sense why we shouldn't. Like, God gave us free will, so obviously we can. Right. It's not like he's saying you cannot. Right. He's just saying do it after you're married for protection reasons. Exactly. Like, exactly. The, God's, people think that God... Has these rules for us. Yeah, that the Bible <laughs> is, like, telling us what to do, what not to do, which in some cases it is, yes. It's saying, like, if you do this, there could be repercussions for it. Like, you right. could get disciplined if you do this because that's against what God actually wants. But if you do it in his will, there's going to be a blessing on it. Like, you're going to be so much more happy if you choose his way over yours. Yeah, Because his way is always better. And his way leads to a future where your way is going to lead to death. Like, you need to follow his way so that you have a better future. Like, better, like, happiness, really. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, like, this morning, too, when I was talking about God, it's like, we, like, sit here and God will give us the desires of our hearts. So, like, I really desire to be a mom. Like, I say every day that I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And mm-hmm. my boss is like, you need to find something else rather than just being a mom. And my therapist has told me this, too. But I'm like, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I just want to have babies. and <laughs> But I need to find something else that I love other yeah. than just having babies. Even though I don't have a boyfriend or, yeah, anyways. <laughs> a husband. A husband. <laughs> yeah, you know. But, like... Um, what is it called? I didn't realize for a long time, I didn't know what soul ties were. I'm like, people have sex. Why does it matter? But it's just like, I just don't like what Jocelyn said. You want to protect yourself. Like yeah. we need to learn how important it is to protect ourselves from getting hurt. Mm-hmm. The only one that can protect us is us and God. And the only one that, the only way we can protect ourselves is by listening to God. If to, we choose yeah, what God exactly. wants. Exactly. You know? And it's not like God's like, don't have sex. You're never going to be forgiven because... I've had sex and I'm forgiven. Like, mm-hmm. and no judgment if you're having sex. If you're doing, you live your life. Yeah. The way you live your life. I love everyone and I want everyone to know that. No judgment at all. But I'm just saying from my experience and like what I'm doing because I'm realizing, like, for example, I talked to this guy and we stopped talking and I was like hurt for like two days and then I moved on. We never had sex and it was fine. Mm-hmm. If I would have had sex with him, I would have been heartbroken. Yeah. I would have been sitting on like, for, I probably would still be stuck on it. Yeah. And I'm, I just, like, no heart or feelings for him. Like, literally none. We just didn't have sex, and that's fine. Like, I'm not, and I, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, yeah. I'm just learning. I'm like, dang. Like You just have more of an attachment to people. Exactly. And I think it's just important because, like I said, like, our parents might tell us that, even though we know that they did it before they were married. It's like, you can't look at somebody and, like, 
tell them that they can't do something when we know you did. Exactly. So your kid or us as their kids are going to see that and be like, what? Like <laughs> you had sex. You did it. <laughs> so why can't I? <laughs> right. It's never actually explained from right. a parent view. It's just like they more so just don't want you doing it. Exactly. But they don't have a reason really even why exactly so that's why it's so important to put a why behind it because everybody questions that and christians will like why it doesn't matter like in this in this like more modern culture i guess and again this is not like meant to be condemning or like judgmental because it's like whatever like like Kay said like we love everybody it's not judgment it's just more like i want to see women like respect their bodies and, like, respect themselves. And stop finding approval in guys. Like, when we have sex with somebody, it's almost like we're asking a guy to approve our body. Like, no. Like, yeah. And that is so shameful. Like, having sex with somebody, like, I remember, like, having sex and literally, I'm sorry for cutting you off. That's okay. But literally having sex with, like, my ex and being, like, like, it wasn't, I don't know, I don't want to be, like, too, like, it wasn't bad. But, like, literally, I just, like, after having it, it almost feels wrong every yeah. time. And, like, I never really understood why it almost felt wrong. And mm-hmm. now thinking back on it, I'm like, dang. Like, because I'm not in the right setting. Like, you almost feel wrong after you have sex with those people because you're like, dang. Like, this is not. You just, your soul knows it's not exactly. right. Exactly. Like, your soul knows it's not okay. Yeah. And, but, like, your flesh is like, dude, this is fine. Like, chill out. Yeah. Like, it's literally, like, the devil and the angel on your yes, shoulder. Like, dude. one's like, you really shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And the other one's like, dude, it'll be fine. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. When Chris Hilkin told me, he explained it in church. He didn't just tell me. He told, like, the Jordan. He said, how you knew that people, like, were married is they would have sex and they would literally bring out the sheet and the blood from the, like, lady would be on the sheets. And that's literally how they would do it back in the day. Isn't that disgusting? That is weird. But that's a good point, though, is that in the Bible, because everybody questions marriage and, like, the covenant of marriage. Like, why do you have to actually get married? Well, back then, it wasn't you actually had to get married. It was whoever you had sex with. That's who you were married to. Mm -hmm. You guys were then one. Yeah. And And if you put... You can keep going. No. I was just going to say, now, especially if you've had sex with multiple people you're choosing to marry that one person. So yeah. I think the ceremony and stuff like that is very important. Yeah. I um I was going to say too like if you thought about it like how many people like if I thought about it, like, say that I had sex with, like, four people, like, I would be technically married in the Bible to those four people. Do you want to share all your money with those four people? Dude, right. Do you want to, like, have babies with that person? Like, mm, no. Like, right. And that's where I, like, come into perspective. I'm like, I'm good. I'll wait. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, I think, it, like, I think a lot of people, you know, think it's weird. But I think it's, like, really special because... Then just think about how much more special it will be with that one person mm-hmm. that you actually are choosing to, like, live with yeah. for the rest of your life and, like, love for the rest of your life. Yep. Like, that's so much more special. And I think a lot of people now get scared of marriage. They're yeah. like, whoa, being with one person for the rest of your life, yeah. that's scary. I don't ever want to do that. But it's like, no, like, that's so special because you're going to come to a point with every person where you're going to have a disagreement. You guys are going to have falling outs. You're not going to understand each other sometimes. But, like, the importance of sticking through that and then coming out on the other side stronger. Yeah. Like, you can't just get in a fight and then give up where a lot of people do. And admittedly, like, that's how my past relationships have been. We'd get in an argument and then it feels like we're going to break up. And, like, it's this huge thing when it's like, no, having a disagreement does not mean that, like, it's over. And it shouldn't be. There's going to be hardships in every relationship. Friendships, family members, 
romantic relationships. So when you come to that point, you can't just give up. And that's what I think marriage kind of stands for. Like, I'm choosing to commit to you even when on days when it's hard. Even on days where we're like basically hate hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like at the end of your life, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, dude, we have so much life that we've lived together and so many years where we've like overcame things. And yeah, this year was really hard, but like we came out of it. Right. You know, I think that marriage is beautiful. We shouldn't be afraid of it just because like casual dating is like popular now. Yeah. And like, I think what thing too is there's so much like divorce in people's life. So they're like, I just always see the example of like people divorcing. So it's like, Almost, like, when people say that, I want to be, like, be the generational, like, be the generation that changes that. Be the person who changes that cycle for your family. Like, be the one for the example for the rest of your family. Like, and it's just, like, wow. Like, and, like, my, my dad has been divorced twice. He's on his third marriage. Like, same with my dad's dad. And it's just, like, I, my grandma, like, my grandpa died over 20 years ago my grandma died 20 years ago and my grandma has not remarried because she's like I don't need to I don't feel the need to like she's like and my grandpa died and so she did find somebody eventually but she just was like I'm so whole in God that I don't even desire that like that's so beautiful and I'm like dude that's my goal to just mm-hmm. be like I want to be so whole and be like I'm okay yeah I'm like dang like but that's I think because now divorce rates are like 50-50. Yes. Like 50% divorce it's rates like in marriages. It's like 70 sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, and it's like, you have to look at that and be like, why? Right. Like, why are so many marriages failing? And I truly think it's because super broken people get in relationships and like we said, expect the other person to be able to fix them. Yep. And it's just not how it goes. Yeah. And another thing is honestly probably money, which is sad and oh, scary. Yep. But me and my financial advisor were talking about this too. And he was like, you guys need to get on the same page before you get married with your finances because it will cause strain on the relationship yep. if you're not on the same page with the budget, if you're not on the same page with everything financially mm-hmm. because it causes so much strain. Yep. I think too, that's one of my barren parents biggest like struggle was financial stuff but I literally am starting to budget like now mm-hmm. and like somebody just said to me too they're like you should be happy you're figuring this out so young yeah because people like, say that to me all the yeah time. because like when you you figure it out now you're gonna be so set for the rest of your life mm-hmm. like if you get this in your head now like budgeting is important even though it sucks you can't do everything literally if you budget and put your money in the right places like I was doing a budget recently with these two guys that I recently got connected with and they're super dope and I was like so excited about it because if you you make your money work for you Mm -hmm. like you don't your money you don't work for your money like your money works for you and you're like this is fun like let's go Mm -hmm. like and you're like dang like you still have all the things you want and all the things you need but it's just like it's fun once you get into it and I People say this a lot, too. Like, successful people say, like, if you don't put your money in a place, it will just go away. Yep. Like, 100%. If you don't give an assignment to your money, it's, you're just going to spend it freely on anything, and you're going to look back and be like, where the heck did my money go? Yep. And it's so true, because if you actually set money aside, and you're like, I'm not touching this, you know that money's there, and you're not going to touch it, but then the rest of the money you have, you're just going to spend on whatever, and you're going to end up with nothing. And that's what I did every check. And I still sometimes do it. I'm starting my budget in April, so it's, like, a fresh month. But, like, literally, I was like, dude, like, come on. Like, I'm spending this much on this and this much on this. I'm like, why? And that's how people live paycheck to paycheck. Like, it always seems so confusing. Why even super, like, 
wealthy people, well, I shouldn't say wealthy, people who just make a lot of money end exactly. up living paycheck to paycheck because they don't know, they were never taught to budget. They were never, and I was never taught to budget, but learning yeah. and finding people who, you know, do know. are online that yeah. teach this stuff, like Dave Ramsey, he's awesome. But, like, people who actually, like, teach that, right. you need to find that. It's right. no longer an excuse, like, well, my family does this. We have the internet. That exactly. excuse is gone. Exactly. You want to learn about money? Google it. Right. You want to learn too? about freaking budgeting? Google it. Right. Like, you have the tools, right. you know? And so I think that that's, it's no longer an excuse anymore to be, like, my family struggles with exactly. this. Be the one to help them then. Exactly. Be the one to change them. Be, be the, the example for them. Be the one to show them. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of people, a lot of your family members will look at you and think you're stupid and think that you're doing the wrong thing and doubt you and be like, you're too young. You'll never know about that. I get that all the time still, and guess what? I don't you're, care you're right. because I know the path that I'm on, and I exactly. found people who tell me that I can, people who actually have Believe done me. it yeah. or do it for their job. They look at me, and they're like, you can do this. You're so young. Like, you're being smart. Right. Because your family kind of comes at a point of view, one, their belief systems and what and they were taught, and two, a lot of times they're looking at you scared because they don't want to see you make mistakes, yeah, exactly. and they want to make sure that you're secure. Yep. So you can't always listen to them. Yep. And like, just think about it. Like if we financially set ourselves up by the time we're 30, like Mm -hmm. we're literally still so young and you have so much life ahead of you and you're financially smart. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's just like little things like that. And then by that time you'll get, be ready. I don't have a boyfriend, so I'm saying by 30. (laughs) Kayla, we know (laughs) a long time. I said this like three times in this episode. So everyone knows I don't have a boyfriend. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But by the time I'm like 30, then I'll be literally financially ready to be able to be in a relationship and be those things that I want to be. Yeah, because then you have that stuff figured out and you won't ever have to rely on the man to do that for you. Exactly. You'll be strong and independent enough for that. Right. But um, I think a lot of times we get caught up too in how much money we make. Yeah. It's not about how much money you no, make. It's not about at all. what you do with your money and how you save it and how you distribute it. Yep. It doesn't matter. You can make $10 an hour, but if you save 50% of that, dude, that's what matters. I have $10,000 in student debt. This is just personal stuff. I don't really care. <laughs> but like I have $10,000 in student debt and I didn't graduate. So that's like a lot of, not it's not a ton. Like, I could be, like, $30,000 in debt and not graduate, but I'm 10000 So, that's a lot in my mm-hmm. eyes. Like, that's a down payment. That's a car. Like, I mm-hmm. could buy a brand new car sometimes for that much. But, like, what is it called? So, I, doing my budget, I had, like, all this money left. He's like, how much money do you think you have left over? And I was like, maybe, like, 200 He was like, you have $700 left over. Like, a month. He's like, now we need to figure out where to put that. So, I'm working on my emergency fund, and then I'm going to start working on paying off my debt. I could pay off my debt in, like, eight months. Yeah. And it's just like, holy guacamole like yeah you don't realize how much money you have until you actually are like whoa because like we said we could go to the grocery store every day and spend twenty dollars here get gas like a couple times a week forty dollars there like and you're just frivolously spending right and you're not recording anything so you don't even have any recollection of what you're doing yeah it's crazy um i learned recently about cash envelopes those things are dope Mm -hmm. (laughs) i didn't know i have some right over here you do yeah I have them written out. Heck yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's stuff that all Dave Ramsey teaches. Yeah, it's dope. I like it mm-hmm. a lot. But again, this is finding wholeness in God and not in yourself. And you, I think one thing that helps me is we need to realize that we don't, 
if we're lacking confidence, we can gain that confidence from God. Yeah. So I'm like, dang. Like, that says a lot in that statement yeah, right there. Yeah, it's so funny how we freaking end up now yeah. we're on money. Budget, yeah. <laughs> Financial stability. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But it really does all start with God and, like, where your values are placed is how you're going to essentially act and how your yep. behaviors are going to follow. Completely So agree. when your morals are in God and your eyes are fixed on Him, you worry about only what He wants for you and you yep. worry less about, like, how you look or what this person says about yep you or social media or all these other out external pressures because essentially those are all made up in our minds it's exactly. really only what god wants for us exactly. and i heard this this is the last point i want to make but i heard this this week sometimes sometime but somebody said like the devil tries to distract you with like wants you to think about all these random things like he wants your mind to be going crazy and so caught up on all these random things that you don't worry about god or you don't actually prioritize what's really important right it was dr d that's who it was because he was talking about meditation and how important it is to meditate on god's word is it the sermon that okay okay i didn't get a chance to watch it yet yeah it's how important it is to meditate on god's word and how it's important to empty your mind for him though okay because there's so okay i'm gonna get into it just because i'm already here but so he because i always thought that meditation was bad like oh it's like a bad spiritual thing because it can be like yeah if you're meditating with the purpose of like um you know detaching from yourself like how some people do or like with crystals and like all this weird crap like yeah. that stuff that's not good it right. can attach ba- very bad spirits to you right but if you're meditating on god's word and like doing it for him right it's different because then he's filling you up with the holy spirit okay so um but he was saying if you don't have that time with god if you don't have that time to like be with him and fill yourself with his word and what he has to say the devil is going to be on you and after you and fill your minds with all these things of like just different distractions like social media what other people think what your friends are doing like oh making you think crazy thoughts right right and that's one of his main assignments and i was like that makes so much sense why like mental illness is such a thing and like all of these things because Yes, it's still, it, mental illness is a very real thing. Mental health is a very real thing. Right. But the enemy thrives on that. Oh, yeah. And you have to, like, realize that he wants you to be, like, crazy. He wants you to go psycho. Yeah. And, like, I just learned this this morning, too. Um, Well, not learned this. I, like, knew this. But I guess it, like, came to light this morning with, like, when we're like, oh, like, I'm just not that good at that. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not that confident. Like, I'm speaking that into the existence. Like, the devil already knows that. And now, like, that I said it out loud, he's like, oh, can you use that? Like, ooh, that's a good point, too, because we are creators with our words. Because yep. God created the earth. God created us with words. So words have meaning and words yep. create. So mm-hmm. what we speak does matter. Like, yep. our words have power. So if we're constantly walking around talking all negative we're going to create a negative life for ourselves and like we're going to attract negative things not in the law of attraction way but like in the way of like god created words to create words are powerful yeah very powerful like god gave power behind words right so it's so important to like be good stewards of what we say right like how we say things because we could be literally cursing ourselves exactly our words exactly when we want to bless others and bless ourselves with our words that's why it's so important to watch what you say to other people because you could be cursing other people yep we've talked about that before like if you say something to a little kid that's like negative or talking something bad that's gonna stick with them exactly and that's gonna manifest in their life some way or another yep insecurity or things like that exactly 
no, and my grandma just recently, this is the last point I saw, but my grandma just said recently, she, her mom, my grandma's very open about this, she grew up and her mom was sick when she grew up, so my grandma would, she would call my grandma, like, terrible names and call her ugly all the time and she would call her like plug ugly like terrible things and my grandma said she was walking past a mirror one time and she like saw this lady in a pink dress and she was wearing a pink dress and she like was like she's so beautiful and she walked back and it was her that she saw but when she looked in the mirror she couldn't believe that she really thought that about herself and it's crazy because the connotation that we hear when we're a kid like you're not pretty enough like you're fat you're ugly that sticks with them for life so like again your words have so much meaning so like when we when I talk to people try to remember I'm like I want to make somebody's day the best day not Mm -hmm. for not for them but really for myself because like I don't ever want to have like the chance of, like, making someone's life bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, like, like saying something negative to them where that it sticks with them. Exactly. Like, that for life. Terrible. terrible. Yeah. So bad, dude. So, yeah, I was like, dang. But that's, that's right there just shows power. That's like, so good. Yeah. Dude, so. I love Grandma Karen. Grandma Karen. Heck yeah, dude. She's <laughs> awesome. She just, she started walking with her prosthetic this week. Oh, she got she it. Did. Yeah. Aww. So, it's, she's doing great, dude. Dude. That's I don't amazing. know how she's doing it, but she's doing good, so. God. Yes, dude, that's what she said. That's literally Her what faith, she said. dude, is crazy. Insane. So In freaking insane, so. Okay, well, we love you guys so much. We have not been active on social media at yeah. all. I was just telling Kay, I actually deleted Instagram for a while just because having a break from social media is just so refreshing. And, yes. like, my mental health and, like, my mental clarity is so much better when I don't yeah. have it. So I actually think I'm going to start having other people post on there. Obviously, I'll give them the picture and the caption and everything, but I think that's what I'm going to start doing just because it feels so good not to yeah. have it. I don't have social media during the week either, so it's like I get it for like weekends and somebody just asked me, they're like, why do you even download it back on weekends? I'm like, I don't even know. I yeah. was like, I download Facebook to see like updates with my family up north, but I'm like, do I really have it for that? Like, mm-hmm. I say that I have it for that, but I'm like, do I really? Right. <laughs> but yes. No, but it feels so good not to have so it. So freaking but good. we will eventually, you know, start being more consistent and posting on there and stuff so follow us over there yes save the girls podcast and we hope you guys enjoyed it